Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 104. And today I have a guest. She's one of my favorite humans. We are good friends. And we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics why you're not progressing in your training. And this topic, this podcast episode, really came about a couple of weeks ago. Carson and I were having pizza and I was telling him how I am going to do a lot more solo episodes on the podcast and I was sharing with him the topics that I had written down earlier that day for future episodes and then I asked him if he had any ideas for some topics. You know, that's why I keep him around (laughs) and he said that earlier that day, he had had a conversation with one of his female clients around how she didn't feel confident to choose her own weights in her training. So he offered up the topic of how to actually choose your weights in your training. And so I wrote a post on that. And then I do a monthly newsletter called Warrior Words. And in this monthly newsletter, I dive deeper into uh, training topics. And so this month, we were talking about how to progress your training, uh, how to choose the right weights to uh, make your training harder and to get the results that you want. So if you want to hop on my email list, just head to warriorschool.card.co. I think that's my website address, I just click the link uh, in the show notes. I will pop it in the notes and sign up to my monthly newsletter. Anyway, so then I thought, okay, I'm going to do a podcast episode on progress or why a lot of women feel like they can't make progress in their training. So I invited my dear friend Libby Westcombe on to chat about our favorite topic or one of our favorite topics, why you're not making progress in your training. So in this episode, Libby and I talk about that, you know, why you're not making progress and how to change your training to start seeing results. Lib also talks about the importance of progressive overload and recovery and why doing moderate intensity training is a wasteland for your energy and results. That was probably my favorite part of the episode. Uh, And, you know, we have a lot of laughs around this idea of, you know, staying out of the middle or staying out of this metabolic wasteland. And for me, I think this is the real problem. You know, this is the real problem around why we can't progress in our training is because we stick to this middle piece and we don't train hard enough to create the stimulus that we need to get the results that we want in our training. So Lib, she's a muscle building expert. Uh, She has so much knowledge around training and she helps women optimize their diet and metabolism so they can get in the best shape of their life. This is her second time on the podcast. Our first episode was on how to build muscle and that was episode 80. I believe, and I'll pop the link to our first episode in the show notes. It was a great conversation. Uh, I love talking to Libby 
and I hope you enjoy this episode on why you're not making progress in your training. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe lifting weights, knowing our cycles and training with them is the future of women's training. I also believe this training, nutrition and health stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard and we should all feel strong and confident. So this is your go-to show for practical information to build a stronger and healthier body. You'll find content on training, nutrition, hormones and tons of experts who want to help you get stronger and healthier. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. All right, Libby, <laughs> let's do it. Let's talk about one of our favorite topics. Uh, and I think this is why a lot of women come to see us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure is. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It's probably one of the most common questions I get is I'm working and doing everything right, apparently quote unquote, right, but I'm not getting results. Yeah. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about why you're not making progress in your training. We're going to dive into, well, a lot of things. We'll probably explore a, a lot of, um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of things, but I, I would love to start with what you think is the real reason behind why women are not getting the results that they want, or they're, they finding it really hard to actually get strong and to feel like really confident in their bodies. So I think one of the main things I would see comes down to obviously nutrition. So this is huge and it's not really talked about that much in terms of building muscle and getting stronger because a lot of people, even in the pro metabolic community or, you know, the natural health sort of community. It's all about, you need nutrition to support your internal, right? So you obviously do, of course, that's like huge. Like that we should start there. If we're not even having enough nutrition to have a period every month, or we're not even having enough nutrition to grow our hair or we get acne or whatever it is, that's all symptoms of that very important aspects that our metabolic rate is chilling and we don't have enough nutrition. So, but that's kind of where I see it stop. Um, And then you might have some of these women who have started to improve their nutrition and all that for those purposes, their nutrient dense foods, but they just don't realize that when you start doing strength training or when you start doing any form of training, it doesn't have to be necessarily weight lifting, but any form of training at all, suddenly your, your calorie, particularly energy requirements go right up and also other things like your carbohydrate requirements and your protein requirements. So those things, if you're just eating the way you were, when you were quote unquote healing, like maybe you had to heal from, you know, like I said, metabolic dysfunctional issues and you just continue eating that way. And then you go and you add in strength training or you start ramping up your training. You may not have enough still to add muscle. So I think that's a huge thing that more people need to talk about. It's kind of, like I said, I think on our last podcast, 
how there's those buckets of energy and you have the basic metabolic bucket and then you have the, you know, output bucket and then you have the recovery bucket. So you need to make sure they're all full. And that would be just a huge place to start. So if you're not getting results, let's say you've just started strength training and you're struggling to recover and you're not putting on muscle and maybe you even feel like you're going backwards in your metabolic health, a really good place to start is just to look at your nutrition. So are you eating enough, first of all, calories to support the extra output? Because in order to build muscle, you actually need to have extra substance because muscle is made from substance. It's made from energy. So you need to look at that first. And then I would also be thinking about looking at your carbs and your fats ratios a little bit, because, you know, you might be able to get away with a slightly lower carb ratio and higher fats if you're just, you know, day-to-day life, living, not really training, because you can fuel that with fats but you do need to start looking at your carbs ratio as well. If you want to put on muscle, because you really need to fuel that type of training with carbs as well. So I think that's where you would start. That's probably where, like when a lot of women come to me and they're training and they're not recovering and they're not putting on muscle, it's literally just a tweak of the macros or a tweak of the calories, even like you need to eat more. Um, and then there's the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say when we talk about, Uh, today, when we're talking about results, Libby and I are going to talk a lot about getting stronger. (laughs) So being able to lift more weight and then, uh, building muscle. So gaining Mm -hmm. muscle mass now results can mean like a lot of different things, you know, and results to you can be very different to another woman and what results means to her. So I think that's the first piece is when we have the conversation today, We're going to be talking a lot about it from, you know, a lot of women come to us and they have been training for a long time, but they, they don't feel like they're actually getting really strong or they don't feel like they're actually like putting on a lot of muscle mass or getting a body composition change. So yeah, I just wanted to add that in because results can mean so many different things. Uh, But today we're really, when we talk about not making progress, we're really focusing on like just not progress in, um, you know, strength and uh, gaining muscle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, That kind of brings me to what I was going to say, actually, because I feel another big, huge thing. So once you have your nutrition, which needs to be above and beyond what you would normally eat just to sustain your day-to-day life, you need to go above and beyond that. But once you have that in place, you also need, I think the other big, huge glaring thing is that progressive overload. Um, And that's huge no matter what you're looking for in terms of progress, like you're saying. So it's not even just about lifting weights and getting stronger. You actually need progressive overload in everyday life with every goal that you have, right? but it's huge. And we can actually use the concept of progressive overload with weightlifting to apply to everything. Because if you don't have that built in progressive overload in your program, you will not get results because your body needs to be forced to change. So it needs to be, you know, it sounds really extreme, but it needs to basically be you doing something that was harder than last time you trained so that therefore your body knows, Oh, she's, she means business. She's doing even more. So therefore we need to expand these muscles to support that level of activity or that level of strength or that level of lifting that she's now doing. Um, And that's basically what progressive overload is. I mean, you can apply it to anything like in um, martial arts, for example, or, you know, jujitsu, whatever it is, like if you're getting your black belt and then you're getting that next belt, right. That's all progressive overload. You can apply it to marathon. You need progressive overload to increase your mileage each week. So I think just getting that, because I had someone message me the other day on Instagram and they're like, Oh, so do you do the type of weight training that is, progressive overload weight training and 
I think there's a big misconception that there's one type of weight training that is progressive overload weight training. And then there's another type that's maybe like body weight training. And there's another type that's maybe like, you know, what they call functional training. Right. Um, but I think that's a huge misconception because no matter what area you choose to train in or how you choose to train, if you don't have progressive overload in that built in that you're actually increasing the, increasing the difficulty and the intensity in a, obviously in a healthy way, you're not going to get better at whatever area of training it is. So progressive, progressive overload is not a style or a type of training. Progressive overload is literally a byproduct of doing more than you did last time you trained. So therefore your muscles and your body are forced to become better at what you're doing. And as soon as you stop that, that's fine, but you can end up just maintaining or plateauing as they call it. So you can continue on doing what you did yesterday, what you did last month, what you did last year, but you'll end up just maintaining what you currently have, but we're talking about getting results and getting to that next level. So I think that's the other missing piece. Yeah. I like to say to my women, uh, you have to make it harder, <laughs> like all of, yeah, all of the it. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they like to pay out my Australian accent when I say make it harder <laughs> and if, and we'll dive into like what harder means and we can even dive into what yeah. like progressive overload means um because mm. it's like yes it's like a concept or like making it harder is a concept mm. but like what does that um you know actually mean uh, a lot of women yeah. think maybe it means more um or mm. maybe they think it means like just adding more weight but do you want to talk about yeah. Like what is progressive overload? How are the ways that we can make our training harder? Yeah, so there's like quite a few different ways. It doesn't just come down to the weight that you're lifting, which like you said, I think that's also a bit of a misconception. Um, it doesn't also come down to just adding more volume, which is another misconception. And then you also just have these two types of people who are either super into chasing that weight to the point where you know their form's breaking down or they're just constantly wanting to add more and more and more, but you can actually do different types of progressive overload. So for example, you can slow, like just slow your training down. I know a lot of women just, they're so, they rush through every movement. Like, and it yes! comes from those F, F45 um, CrossFit, like CrossFit is the worst for this. I mean, it's amazing in other ways, but it's literally the worst for teaching you that slow controlled mind muscle connection, because it's literally AMRAPs. It's, <laughs> as many reps, as many rounds as possible for time. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to rush. But like that, if someone goes in, I saw this as a CrossFit coach, someone would come into CrossFit and they would have no experience at a regular gym or with bodybuilding or anything. And so that's all they ever know. So if they then maybe two, three years down the line stop doing that and they want to learn how to build muscle because they've never really had that experience. It's a huge, like I honestly sometimes watch the videos and I'm like, I want you to, to take that whole set that took you 20 seconds and I want that entire set to take you a whole minute and they're just like oh my god <laughs> it's like so controlled that we want like with when it comes to building muscle particularly now there of course there's a place for say you're doing a five rep max deadlift set raw strength there's a place to just rip that and grip it right and just go for it but I don't think that's generally the problem for women. I feel like they just, they just go through everything so fast and it's just like the rest of their life. <laughs> speedy, speedy, speedy. So yeah, I, I was hoping that you would it. say that <laughs> just like their life. Yeah. Yes. It's so true though. Um, so, so I think that's a super important way to, um, to apply progressive overload. It is, um, another example I can use myself as an example. Um, 
like I'm doing a movement, which is step back lunges. So reverse lunges and trying to go up in weight. I got to about 65 kilos and then I was feeling it. So I've started to feel the movement less in my glutes and my obviously thighs because it works all those muscles and more in like my lower back, a little bit more overall. It's like this overall fatigue feeling that you get. Um, so rather than going up in weight, because I could do it, I'm sure I could physically, if someone held a gun to my head, I could do 70 kilos. I could jump up five kilos, right? But it's not, it's not the purpose of the movements. It's targeting that full body overall CNS fatigue more. It's targeting that lower back, the, you know, the erector muscles and that when it's not supposed to work there. So instead I added a deficit and I would strip the weight back down to 55 and I did deficit reverse lunges. So now we're increasing that range of motion and again, doing that same speed, doing everything the same. So we're adding a progressive overload element in there without it even being increasing the weight. So there's something like that. You can also do things like tempo where, you know, you have pauses included. Um, anything that makes that um, time under tension longer, because that's where the magic happens, that time under tension. So if you can make that longer and more in the muscle, directly in the muscle, you can easily apply progressive overload to something without having like constantly go up in weights. Um, and I'm kind of a little bit more on that end of things now, like a little bit more, I guess you could say conservative with my lifting where I want to make sure that I'm really targeting the right muscle before I allow myself to increase the weight. Some people aren't, some people do just like love chasing the weight more, which is fine. But I think for most, as I said, most women, especially those coming from that fast moving exercise background, like CrossFit, they would benefit so much from control. Like that's huge. Yeah, that's a really powerful one. And uh, one of the biggest ones that I do in mine is just this tempo work, this time under tension, mm -hmm. learning how to create stability and the quality of the movement. Uh, yeah. Because the, the more range, you, you know, the more we can access, the more we can recruit. Uh, and so yeah. in the end, the harder that the body is really going to like work and the more, Working. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, the more like muscle and strength we're really going to gain. Um, so yeah, yeah, all my women complain so much about like four seconds feels so <laughs> long, like three yeah. seconds at the yeah. bottom feels so long. It's so slow. So hard though, isn't it? It's hard. <laughs> it is so hard. But like you said, Lib, it's we've come from this fast. And this is one of the real problems, I think, that women weren't taught weren't taught the foundation. They weren't taught how yeah. to, and you talk about it a lot, is building this base and we like mm. building the base with their nutrition, learning how to eat enough and support themselves. But when it comes to the training, we weren't taught how to train. And I think that's a big yeah. gap, even like as so a big. young person, like, you know, an ad a, a, at an adolescent, I see, I saw Ash yeah. train with you the other day and I'm like, <laughs> how cool would it be if we were actually taught as young females, mm. like how yeah. to train? Yeah, I totally agree. Just the basics. It's like, how do you do a hip hinge? How do you do a really good controlled squat? Um, that's what I'm trying to teach her now. Like, how do you do a pushing movement? How do you do a pulling movement? You know, just those basics. Because I think when you look at sometimes like athletes coming from an athletic background at that age, like she has a friend who comes to the gym as well. And she's like, mom, she just looks so good when she's training, but it's because she has that movement. She has that base because she's been doing those athletic movements from a young age. So it's, yeah, it's that 
it's almost like an art form. Like when you see someone who moves really, really well versus someone who doesn't. And that's a huge, I agree. It's a huge missing gap, you know, learning those movements before you then try and go and increase everything, whether it's increasing volume or weights as well. Cause that's what people just tend to do. It's again, it's, it's people are so black or white sometimes, which it's, it's understandable because they don't have the same understanding and education as we do. But even if you don't have the education, the understanding, it's still a really important, I guess, mindset thing to not look at things super black or white because there's nuances in everything, whether it's nutrition or training, or even something like when you're doing training, if you have a very black or white mentality, you think I either need to increase the weights or I need to increase the volume. There's no in between. There's no nuance, right? But that's where, yeah, a lot of people, and again, it's, I don't, I'm not trying to like bag out women, but like I'm a woman, but I see this in this, in this lifestyle these days, everyone, like there's so many women who are so type A, they need everything black or white and they need everything like super clear cuts and there can't be any room for just flow or nuance or anything. And it's almost like that masculine versus feminine and women are supposed to have a like feminine side as well. Um, and yeah, it's almost like it's overtaking them the whole masculine side. But I feel like, I think I, it was Jessica Ash who posted about on her stories recently where she was saying that it can actually affect your health and everything if you are too black or white about things because your body needs to have that ability to be in the flow state. It needs to be more nuanced about things, you know? And yeah, it just it's very glaring to me when it comes to training as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing and like nodding my head when you're talking Libby, because I, I teach my women a lot. You know, I believe that there is like a foundation of like training needs for women and a foundation of nutrition needs. And there is like a bit of a process and a method and what we're talking, we're, we're talking about this today, but then we get to this point where we have to be able to self coach. And I'm a bit obsessed with yeah. this topic right now. And this concept because uh, a lot of my women that have been with me for a long time, sometimes they'll have like, you know, they might have a niggle or a bad day or, you know, they're on day 22 and they, I just get like, you know, these emails or these messages yeah. with like these questions of like just freaking out about like the yeah. process and how slow it is. And I won't, yeah. I'll only answer with, okay, like, you know, uh, like how would you coach yourself through this? Like what do you mm-hmm. think about 100%. this? Um, yeah. And this is this whole black or white. It's gray. It's gray. Yeah. And once you understand the foundational stuff, when you get to like where Lib and I are, it's it's so gray, <laughs> you know, and we coach yeah. ourselves through it. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. over time, we're progressing in our training. We're getting stronger. We're all of these things. But it's it's not linear and it's all gray. <laughs> mm-hmm. So much gray. (laughs) I totally agree. But that's really hard. It's hard for women to to accept that. Yeah, Yeah. to accept that actually, yeah, we need to coach self and Mm. it's going to be gray because things are going to come up and we need to be able to to create a strategy for those things and change change our, yeah, strategy. Totally. I get that a lot with my clients sometimes as well, where they'll be like, they'll have these, we call them freak out days, you know, everything's going and it's just freak out day. And I'm like, we all have freak out days, but some of us keep it in our brains and we just try and like work it, work through it. Like if I have a freak out day, 
I'll be like, okay, maybe I'll even journal. I'm like, what is, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling anxious? I'll write down, you know, and then ask why like five times and get to the bottom of it and could do, could be with my training session, could be with anything. But I think I completely agree with you that there's that plus side to having a coach, obviously, but then there's also that side where if you think that you should, you know, completely take all responsibility off yourself and put it on your coat, that's not healthy either. And like you said, there's so many gray, so many shades of gray. Like even when it comes to, the question of do I train today even I feel like shit do I go to the gym and do I train today and push or do I take a rest day and I see both ends of the extreme I see women who constantly make excuses and I'm like you know what I don't feel like going to the gym right now but I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna go train because it's healthy and it's good and it's the right thing and then there's of course the other side where they're really crazy about it and they will never skip a day like no days off right so, but then that's not something that I can answer for her. So she might be like, I'm so sh- this, that. And I, so I, I put it back on them like you do as well. I'm like, what do you think you should do? What, how do you feel? What do you think you should do with the way you're feeling? You know, how, how's your stress been? And I literally just ask them all the questions and they come to the conclusion themselves. So yeah, it's learning that as well, which I guess that comes with experience too. Just, you know, respecting the gray areas. Yeah, I totally comes with experience. I think the deeper you get into your training practice, uh, the better you get at coaching self. And for sure, I would agree that at the start, having a coach is amazing. Look, I still have a coach. You know, I think I would have a coach forever, um, but not so much to coach me through those freak out days or anything. The coach is there to get me to mastery, really. But uh, I think at the start, you know, it can be really helpful to have someone there to teach us what I see is like the biggest problem, which is not, mm. we're not taught these fundamentals. We're not taught how to train properly and how to train hard in a respectful way, mm-hmm. which we'll get into in a second. So yes. for sure, once we, we can work with that coach and we can really work on that, but then it gets to this point, you know, when you're a couple of years deep into the practice and you've done the tracking and you've done the, you know, listening and feeling and, and learning how to train where this is part of making progress in your training is being able to coach self. Can you make the call? Yeah. yeah? Can you make yeah, the call totally. whether you train or not train? Can you make the call to make it harder or not harder? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so again, it's an art and it takes practice to. Uh, yeah. And I think there's that learning curve from going from that beginner mindset to where you're just following the program and the process because you actually don't know what anything feels like yet to then becoming more of a self-coached person. And that's a pretty steep learning curve sometimes. And it's like, but can I make this decision myself? Can I, do I have enough self-trust to know whether or not I'm making the right decision? And that's a learning curve um, for sure. Like if you, if someone's gone from, I think I find this even when I talk a lot about recovery, which I do because I really, I specialize in that too, but I try and have all these different, like, you know, like points of recovery, right? Like heart rate variability, you know, temperature, you know, menstrual cycle thing, if that's something that affects your recovery, all these different things. But then at the end of the day, sometimes you can't fully just rely on that. But all those are there in the beginning because they give you feedback. So your body's acting this way. Here's some feedback as to why. And that's what data is so good for, right? But then the data doesn't always cover those gray areas as much either. So there's And yeah, I see this a lot where it's, they're going into sort of learning more about coaching themselves, but they're still trying to hold on to those really intense data points. And it's like, come on, let's just put that away for a second. You know, I want to ask you, what do you think you should do? What do you feel intuitively 
that you need right now? And then they can actually answer me. So there's that pro and con, pros and cons as well for, I think it's really helpful when you're starting out all those pieces of data. Um, I still love it, of course, because I use it a lot in my coaching and I know how to discern whether it's something I should take as a point of, you know, something that has a lot of meaning or whether I can just leave it. So yeah, there's definitely a learning curve there. Yeah, but it brings up the importance of actually of tracking. Now, whether we, you know, we hardcore track and we get into the quantitative stuff and we go deep into, you know, what you love to do and what you do a lot in your work lib or what we, you know, we track more like uh, qualitative and subjectively and, mm-hmm. and we're writing, you know, both are good. Yeah. I think both are important, yeah. but you, this is why we need to do it because the part of it yeah. is understanding the body, but the big part is actually being able to lead and coach self. <laughs> you know, the exactly. reason Libby and I can do that is because, well, we've probably been keeping training journals and data for the last 10 years. And so, yeah. you know, we know how to coach self. And I think this is why yeah. we can get lots of progress in our training because we're so good at um, discerning and looking at the data and being Mm -hmm. able to make those make those calls or those tweaks to our training or to our food that supports the mission to get strong yeah yeah totally the same with nutrition I agree yeah it's it's the same with nutrition okay so uh where are we going to go to next okay I just want to recap on what we've just spoken about. So one of the biggest things that you see and that you look at first, if a woman comes to you and she's not making progress in her training is her food. So her nutrition, is Mm -hmm. she eating enough? Um, And you would dig into a bit about like the macros as well. Yeah. Okay. And then the next piece would be looking at the training and actually I want you to talk me through, you know, would you start at, progressive overload or like where would you start with the training if she feels like she's not progressing uh what are you looking for what are you asking and then what is like your first couple of steps to help her start um progressing in her training yeah so actually probably before progressive overload we would look at things like are you training too much and is it too much junk volume because you could just be burning through the muscle that you're trying to build at the same time that's huge for women right um you know, a lot of this, the whole circuit style training and that sort of stuff is just junk volume. So it's really hard on the heart rate and it's hard on sweating and that, and there's nothing wrong with it. I don't like saying don't ever do that. Cause I still like to do like, you know, EMOMs or hit every now and again, it's fine. But if you do that every day as your training practice and you're like, why am I not building muscle? That's why it's because it's not, it's just too much volume, too much junk training. And none of it's close enough to that you know progressive overload point where you're actually building muscle so you're racking up all this high level of fatigue without the results so that's a big thing I see especially with those from like you know CrossFit F45 it's just it's probably the biggest thing to be honest never heard of that Um, before like junk (laughs) actually okay so when you say that what I think about is you're a metabolic wasteland so can we talk about this this is like This is what like you specialize in, you know, this low, low, like this recovery, you're obsessed with like the recovery piece and then like the high, you know, and the high, we don't mean high volume junk land. Let's talk through that and give them a visual. Yeah. 
Yeah, so most people tend to stay in this middle zone, which is what I call metabolic wasteland or metabolic purgatory. And um, I actually made that name up when I was a CrossFitter because I would have these women who would train and they'd just do, they'd rush through the strength section. So we have like, you usually have a strength part of CrossFit. They'd rush through it, they'd do their reps super fast and they wouldn't go worry about their PBs or anything. And then they'd just live for the Metcon, which is the metabolic conditioning. And it's like a 20 minute where you're just constantly moving, right? And <laughs> the heart rate's not low enough that it's actually under that stress zone. So you have different zones of heart rates and like one and two is generally aerobic zone. So it's actually not that stressful because you don't go into that anaerobic state where you're actually building up lactate waste products. And that then takes a long time for your body to recover from. But these people, they would just go all into that stressful zone. So it's not hard enough, like true hit that you actually have to stop and rest but it's not recovery and easy and aerobic. So you're therefore in that middle zone where you can actually keep going. It's hard to keep going, but you can keep going for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes straight. And then you collapse on the floor. You know, you're completely exhausted at the end of that. So you get those, that endorphin rush, right? So you get all these feelings that anyone would be like, I am working so hard. So you're getting the endorphins after it. You're getting, which is pretty much stress hormones switching on. <laughs> you're getting um, the sweats, like the sweat angels on the floor, the sweat angels in the CrossFit gyms. <laughs> you're getting the um, heart rate. Like they love that high heart rate. Like they love seeing their heart rate up the whole time. So you're getting all these signs to most people. Um, this is not just women, by the way, this is men. I see this a lot with men nowadays too. And, you know, all those signs are there and you're like, I am working so hard. I feel so good with myself right now. I'm working so hard, but then you don't get the results, but that's because you're just stressing your body. So you're putting this high amount of stress on your body. Again, it's not enough. So it's not that, you know, progressive overload, mechanical tension place where you're really working those muscles under tension. You're not going to build muscle and it's not low enough to be just that good recovery zone where you're just keeping the heart rate under, you know, 140 maybe under 150 for some people, but that's more just recovery. Like I'm a big fan of that, doing that kind of cardio. So it's that in between metabolic purgatory, metabolic wasteland. And you literally just keep burning, keep burning your muscle, keep burning your muscle. Cause your body tries, like you're doing, you know, a hundred thrusters and a hundred push press. You're just trying, like it's, it's working hard. It's trying to build muscle, but then it's just not the right type of training for muscle. So then I have people ask me, so then I'll have people ask, so why are these CrossFitters so jacked, right? Why are these people so jacked? And I always like to come back to that same issue of diet, how you can have all these different diets work. So you can have the keto diet make you lose weight, work, let's say work for weight loss. The keto diet makes you lose weight. Intermittent, fast, intermittent fasting makes you lose weight. Carnivore makes you lose weight. But they're making you lose weight because either it's time-restricted eating, like intermittent fasting, so you're less calories anyways. It's uh, macro restrictive eating like vegan or carnivore carnivore where you're taking out entire food sources right so you're losing weight but that's just a byproduct of a calorie deficit right and it's the same thing with all these types of training if you really look at it right someone who's doing all this metabolic conditioning with weights they will put on muscle sometimes but that is not the best most quickest most efficient way to put on muscle that's just a byproduct of what they're doing the same with an athlete like a sprinter they're not trying to put on to get big glutes it's literally just a byproduct of what they're doing, right? So it's not their sole focus. So if you make your sole focus for say a calorie deficit, a deficit, you'll use macros and you'll track them and you'll make sure you have a deficit in place. That's the most efficient way to do it. The same with training. If you want to build muscle, you'll put all your focus and everything into building muscle. That's the most efficient way to do it with the least amount of stress. 
So your gains are just cheaper. Whereas like you take a high-end CrossFit athletes that, by the way, they also do plenty of strength work, but that's a different sort of side yeah. of the point. I'm glad that you said but that they do. because I just, I don't yeah. think female, I don't think we realize how, how much, much they do. how strong they actually are. Yeah. Like these females yeah. can lift so a strong. lot of weight. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm really glad that you said that because they, they move yeah. a lot of, a lot of, a lot of load. <laughs> Yes, exactly. They do. So they're definitely strong, but it's not necessarily like the quickest path to CrossFit and metabolic conditioning is not the quickest path to get a jacked body and to get stronger. It's just, if you see someone who's ripped at the gym and they just do CrossFit, you're not necessarily even a high-end athlete, but just someone, right? It's it's a byproduct of everything they're doing. They're putting a lot of stress on their body. So of course, it's going to get some results, but it's not the most effective, efficient way to get there with and the, the cheapest on recovery as well. So if you want health and if you want all of that, you want to do more efficient, you know, types of movement, types of training. Um, and I think that's where that metabolic sort of wasteland you, you shouldn't spend. I would say you could spend maybe 10% of your training there, like um, Metcons and that once you're at a healthy place and you don't have like thyroid issues and metabolism issues, right? But that should be like the cherry on top, not the main bulk of your training. Yeah, I love how you use the word like efficient, like efficiency, Mm -hmm. Um, because we can look at, you know, we're talking about CrossFit and CrossFit athletes, you know, we can look at them, but are they being the most efficient? Yeah. Are their bodies, you know, really healthy? Maybe some of them. Yeah. You know, the high end ones, Mm -hmm. that's their job, like their recovery practices and their whole life, you know, wraps this, this job or this type of training. uh, And they, they do all the things to support themselves, but you know, is it, is it the most efficient way? Is it actually a way that's going to support you where you're at right now, where the body's at? No, probably not. (laughs) And this Mm -hmm. is what we have to bring into context of like, how are you actually living? Like, what is your life like? You know, have you come from a healing journey? Have you, like you just said, Lib, have you come from those hormonal problems, jumping back Mm -hmm. into CrossFit, you know, when you're still maybe in this state or you haven't built your foundation. Again, these athletes have been doing it for such a long time. Like Libby, you did it, but you have a foundation. Like Mm. you have the movement pattern foundation, the recovery foundation, the bodybuilding foundation, the strength training foundation. So you to jump in to do a a hit workout and do a CrossFit workout, you're going to be fine. And I say this to my women all the time. I can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't enjoy it, but my body can tolerate it. It can, it can recover well from it because I've got 10 Mm -hmm. years under my belt of a foundation. And this is what a lot of women are, are missing. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So I love how you would start with looking at, are you actually training too much? You know, if you're not making Mm -hmm. progress, are you junk voluming? (laughs) I really love Mm -hmm. that. And I I would say this is probably the real problem is that a lot of women are just Mm -hmm. living in metabolic wasteland are living in this middle, in the middle space of like, yeah, just because when you go to classes, you know, I, are you, like you said, you saw all those women not, are you really strength training? Are you really spending the time 
no, you know, that's such no. a small portion. It depends on uh, the CrossFit gym and the programming. I've seen some amazing programming come mm. out of CrossFit, but, or any type of hit class, you're not spending the time in mm-hmm. the low or the high. And I, I yeah. really like that. Like in art, when I was in CrossFit and a coach, we would spend probably a good 20 to 30 minutes just doing the strength section. But as I said, there was a lot of women who would just rush through that. And then they're just waiting around for the conditioning. And it's like, wait, that should be the main focus. The other part's the extra. So yeah, yeah. the mindset thing as well. Yeah, the other part like is... It's boring. It's so boring. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's not boring if you actually work to that limit. Like your legs will be jelly. You know, you'll be... Those heavy weights, they're hard. It's hard work. Like I need to sit down in between my sets of squats and take like three minutes rest. So do yeah. I, I was strict pressing today and I was resting for four minutes in between my sets, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Like, yeah, you say it's boring and sure. Like building a foundation might feel a little boring going slow at the start, maybe not adding a lot of load, but I can tell you what's not boring when you feel so strong and you could lift heavy weight and yeah. you feel really good in your body. That's not boring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see it also with the other. To get there. Yeah, I I agree. I see it also with the other end of the extreme sometimes, and this is sometimes like the guys in CrossFit, but I also see this with girls. And that's where they just, they think that all that in between that we call it percentage work of the lifting and the weights and that is boring. And they just want to do the really heavy, like they're only, they're chasing PBs at all costs. And I see that with some women as well. That's the other side of the extreme. But again, if you don't have that, it's like a journey. If you're not respecting the journey and doing the percentage work and putting in the reps, like, you know, putting in the um, sets that are all programmed for you properly. And you're just trying to hit those PBs, you know, for the gram or for whatever. And that's like, you're just obsessed with chasing the weight and obsessed with chasing the PBs. You're going to be missing out on a lot as well. You know, like, it's not all about who can lift the heaviest. And like, that's how it always goes at CrossFit, but it's really not because you can have someone who's actually stronger overall, but they're not lifting as heavy than someone who is just able to like grunt through, you know, and there's a time and a place, but yeah, they might not have any core stability. They might be, you know, you can just see, you can see it sometimes when I, when I was a coach, I could see it in people that lift the person who can just somehow pull that weight off the ground because they have that raw strength, but they've got nothing else going for them in terms of stability, control, anything. And then you have someone who is maybe not lifting quite as heavy, but they are a lot stronger overall because strength is, it's not always measured in raw strength as well and to me I just think it's beautiful when you see someone with that core stability and that that real functional capacity they're like they move really well oh Um, to me that is stronger yeah, you would love I, that too. Yeah, I love, I lo- just love, I get so excited by a throff. <laughs> yeah, it, um, you know, I often say, yeah, we can build strength, but, you know, that we, we possess like this grace in us, you know, some of us mm. just, we work really hard on being so like well-rounded and doing, uh, 
when we're training low, you know, we're doing the recovery, the stretching, the mobility work. Like I'm obsessed with that, yeah. working on the, the quality of the tissue and the range that we have. So when we train high and when we train hard, the movement pattern is there and it just the great, like it just looks so graceful. graceful. Um, yeah. And you can, yeah, you can tell when someone moves well, it just looks beautiful. And that to me is way stronger than someone just deadlifting. Mm-hmm. A massive amount yeah. of weight off the floor, you know, with a round yeah. spine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, so. I think that's actually also um, when you're talking about like progression and how do you know whether you're making progress in training, I think that's also something that's not looked at enough and that is, is your technique improving? Do you look more graceful? Like I, you know, it's like probably the biggest compliment is when someone says you make that look easy, even though I'm just like, it's fucking not easy. Don't say that. But when they say, <laughs> but when they say that, you should actually take that as a compliment because that means that you are actually making that heavy, crazy thing look so easy because you have the grace and you have the body awareness and you have the stability in your body to control everything you're doing. And that is actually a compliment. So you need you need the grit, but you also need the grace. Yes. And I think that they are both a big part of improving and training. Yes. Like if you can see, if you can look at a video three years ago and then you can compare it with a video now and you can see that you know you're not this bambi with these like shaky legs and you're falling all over the place and now you're having control the exact same way that's huge progress yeah I like that the grit and the grace um you know Mm. I call it like powerfully graceful you know I yeah and I see it come through your training and your work like I care about the movement pattern a lot of my women will say it's got to look pretty, doesn't it? And I'm like, yeah, like it does, but pretty Mm -hmm. like this grace means that you've got control over your own body. You've earned that movement. You've earned it. Like how cool is that? Uh, And yeah, I like how you compare. I had a woman the other day, she felt like really frustrated with her squat because it hadn't, you know, she's chasing this number, but I go, go back and look at a video of like three years ago and look at the movement pattern. Like, look how much graceful it you've got control over it you own that movement pattern and now you can start loading it uh which is Mm. you know and of course you can do do them together yeah you're you're working on your grace and your your technique and you can also build your strength but um yeah yeah, i have this video of me deadlifting i have this video of me deadlifting 100 i think um it was probably 12 years ago and oh my god I cringe when I watch it I literally just rounded my back and I pulled that thing up and I was like a skinny stick I should put it up on Instagram everyone would love to see that and I can put it next to my deadlift now it's like 100 kilos I think it was 100 or maybe it was 80 I don't remember but it's pretty strong and I was probably weighed like 57 I, I'm 10 kilos heavier than then and my entire back like you will cringe if you see this but I love those type of videos because it also shows your progress that's not just in weight like I, I should do that as a post and then I should put 100 kilos of me deadlifting now and you can literally see like my body's not going to snap anymore like it's just you know it's it's strong it's I'm driving into the floor I'm steady like I'm setting my muscles right so yeah oh. I think that's really that's a big part of progression and also even just like you say um the mobility side of things and um I mean I'm not the biggest person who'd like to do mobility I probably should do more but I love how you you know you encompass that into your training and into your coaching because to me someone who is more you need to have that mobility with that stability and someone who has those two things together 
it's that's what makes you graceful that's what makes it beautiful like if you look at someone doing something like overhead squats and crossfit and you see someone straining with their mobility and trying to get down below depth and then you see someone who's got that beautiful mobility and they're stabilizing the weight overhead perfectly and their core is working that is also again it's it's progress like i would take some people in crossfit back in the day and i would say I don't want you to increase the weight. We're going to slowly increase your depth, slowly, slowly. And then I want you to keep track of how much we're increasing your depth and how much better you're getting at this movement. And to me, that was all I wanted to see from them. There's no way I would have let them lift heavier weights with the form they were doing. So there's like, I think we get too stuck on either that, like just only wanting to lift heavier weights or that wasteland never lifting the weights properly as well. So, but there's all these like in between beautiful things you can use for progression um yeah and I'm, just, I'm I think it's beautiful the whole mobility side of things which especially if you sit at, at a desk all day and you don't ever you know everything's closed up and you can see in people's posture even just having that like one of the girls told me that her whole entire posture has improved just from strength training so I'm like huge progression right there like yeah posture posture is progress mm. and again I think uh, you know yeah. I love that you bring this up because a lot of women get stuck in progress is fat loss progress is mm-hmm. body composition change progress yeah. is strength as in weight or strength as in i can do a pull up now and of course that there yeah. that's all progress and that's amazing because that it helps is. us feel strong and great in our body but progress is also all these other things and i have to remind my women of that all the time because they're not where mm-hmm. they like want to be but yet their postures improves they aren't in pain so anymore things. like all of this stuff like there uh, that's progress and we don't see it but the sad thing is we don't see it like it's it comes back to that whole black or white mentality we don't see all these like shades of gray progress which they're huge and they should be celebrated just as much as I hit that, you know, finally I hit that hundred kilo deadlift or finally I lost five kilos of, of body fat, but it's, it's just as important to me. Like it's just, just as big of a deal. Yeah. Because I think if we can see those things, even though we might perceive them as being small, but they're, they help us, they motivate us. They, they help us to keep mm-hmm. going. But if we forget them or we're not acknowledging them or we're not celebrating mm-hmm. them, we're always going to feel this friction of like, just like not quite there or not getting there. But if we can see, Hey, yeah. like I've got progress in this and this and this and this and this, and I need to celebrate it and acknowledge it. And you're like, okay, cool. It's like whacking. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I totally agree. Do you think it comes back to that whole concept of people just want that physical, tangible result all the time? And it's like, if it's not tangible, if it's not the scale telling me I'm five kilos lighter, or if it's not the barbell telling me I've lifted five kilos heavier, I'm useless. Nothing's working. I'm not making progress. So I think like that, it comes back to that, you know, like even just take fat loss, for example, you might not see, you might be the exact same on the scale, but what's happening on the inside, again, it's not always tangible. You can't always see it or hold it or know what it is. But I think it comes back to that as well. Sometimes we're so hard on ourselves thinking we're not making progress, but there's all these other things that are happening behind the scenes that you should be counting yeah. as progress. Yeah. When you talk about that, Libby, then what came up for me is I think a lot of women don't enjoy training. They just, Mm. they have, have had such a hard time with it. They haven't made the progress or gotten the results that they want. It's always been this job or this effort or this thing that they just have to like get done. And, and to me, 
everything that I can do is just a byproduct of loving to train. Like I love to move my body and I love, yes, I love feeling strong, but all the way that I look and what I can do is just a byproduct of me actually loving to train. You know, if I could, I would like still train for like three or four hours a day, you know, like five or six days a week. You know, I have, I can't always do that because of this season of my life and my business. And I'm sure you're the same. Like I just Mm -hmm. love to train and I, and it's just a byproduct. And this is what I find really hard with a lot of women. I'm like, you got to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Like you, not all, of course, there's some days that I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but it's know, that you, deep, you it's think- that deep enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. It's that, it, it, so what a lot of women have is they just have that, again, that shallow feeling. It's like either I feel endorphins and it's worth it for me and I feel sweaty and I feel like I got to work out. Otherwise, it's boring. But you got to have that deep love for it where it doesn't really matter. Like if it gets to that point, like I think someone asked on an Instagram post one time, Like, would you still train if it didn't mean that you changed your body at all? Like, would you still train just because it meant that, you know, there's longevity and all that kind of stuff. And it's not about necessarily changing your body. And most people would probably say no. Like they literally train to change their body. I mean, I know I kind of do, like I want to have results on my body as well. But then at the same time, like there's all these other aspects to training that is is not even remotely close to transformation on the body. Right. So I think it's, it's, it's a very like good, it's even a good journaling question to ask yourself and to just really sit there and write down the reasons why you train and then just get really deep on it and clear on it and ask yourself, would I still do this if it didn't involve me changing my actual body on the outside? If I got all the same, all the other benefits of it, but that didn't happen, would I still do it? And if your answer is no, then you probably need to find other reasons as well for doing it. And that will all help you to enjoy the process more. Um, you know, just the, the feeling of being able to, when you're 80, 90 years old, still be like agile. And I mean, that's what I want. I want to just be agile and to be able to move and to have muscle, to not be fragile and break my bones, you know, all those reasons too. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like a lot of women just have no, they have no desire for anything except, is this going to make me burn calories? Is this going to make me feel really good and get my adrenals, my adrenaline pumping again? And then I can just go home, go back to what I'm doing. And it's just, it's so surface. It's such a surface thing about training. And I feel like, again, that comes back to that black or white thing. You know, there's other, there's reasons why you do it. Why do I go through the process of repeating that same movement every single week, which a lot of women complain about? They want the variety, but why do I go through that process? Because that's how I know that I'm improving. That's how I know I'm getting better at the movements. It's like every, every week you see those gradual improvements, you know, I can now do 95 for that same amount of reps. I can now do hundred for that same amount of reps. So if you don't ever repeat anything, then you're never going to get that progression either. So yeah, it's, you've got to find reasons and you've got to find that deep enjoyment and that love of the process. Yeah. I like, I am all for, you know, I love, uh, getting stronger and I love changing my body composition. Like I, I really enjoy that. And I think it's okay to do that. It just can't be the only reason you train, because if it is the only reason you train to me, you know, there's just, it's always going to have this friction. It's just not going to have this like deep love for the practice. Um, and that might be okay for you maybe, but you know, all the people that I know that, 
progress in their training, can do amazing things with their body, are so strong, look really strong, can change their body composition, have a deep love for training. And this is what I tell my women all of the time is that, okay, that person that you're looking at, they have a deep love for for their art or their craft or for training. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, you know, because it has to be a very high value for you to achieve you know, these amazing things with your body or these it's amazing hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. Yeah. 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 And I, so think- unless you're in the, unless the motivation is there every single day, every day of the year, you're not going to keep at it unless there's that deeper, because you're not always motivated. Like we aren't. So there's got to be something that drives you more than just that fleeting motivation. Yeah. And then if you love it, you know, you're, you just, you love it. You're going to want to do it and, and you mm-hmm. want to train hard. And then as a byproduct, you get to, you get so strong <laughs> and you get to build muscle and change your body composition, yeah. which is, yeah. yeah, it's super cool. And then you can flex in the gym mirror and you can see all the muscles popping, but then that's not why you're doing it. <laughs> that's the byproduct. Yeah. It's a cool byproduct for sure. Like I love it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not the essential driver for the training. And I think, you know, we need to look at that if we're not making progress, you know, we need to look at, are we coming from this place of just like fear and scarcity and like, you know, we just like have to do it and fit it in and like go fast. Because if we are coming from that place, it ain't good for the hormones and it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's not supporting this strength and, and muscle mass um, goal. Whereas if it comes from like this love and abundance and what we've spoken about today, you know, that's, that's mm. going to support, yeah, support the journey. Uh, there was another the, thing that you and said. And the curiosity as well. The curiosity of it as well, like just being curious about your body and what you can do and all that, rather than that super, like, like you said, I have to go and I have to train, I have to get my one hour session in. I have to make sure that I get my heart rate up and like, but it's like being more curious, like, Oh, does this, does this, this exercise I'm doing, do I, where do I feel it? Where is the movement working? You know, all of that, like it's that flow, you know, not having to control so much, but more just like opening up your mind with curious, you know, curiosity, like, so can I push more on this because it's feel I'm feeling it in the right place or am I feeling it all in my joints? So should I maybe use something different? Yeah. And I think it's just so important. Like that's part of the journey as well. Like learning more about yourself. Yeah. And it's important if you have a coach, you know, I tell my women all the time, the more data you can give me. Mm-hmm. So the more you pay attention to your body and what you're feeling, cause I'm not in it, you know, and the more notes you write, the more videos you send me, the more data I, I yeah. get from you, the more I can help you. But in order to get that data, you've got to yeah. pay attention. Like you got to be in the training. Yeah. Like, how does it actually feel? Yeah. What do you notice? What did it teach you today? All of these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. We've covered a lot. There's a lot in there. Um, Do you have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to like, you know, why we're not making progress in our training and what we can do? Hmm. Um, I think that, so like the nutrition covers it well, and then, you know, just checking your or I guess, like we said, volume and intensity, making sure that you're not training too much, but then at the same time, you're pushing with progressive overload. Because I think we also, I see it people like, we shouldn't push, women shouldn't push hard, you know, we should just stay like gentle 
gentle movement. Everything's gentle movement. I'm like, no, you kind of need a little bit of the other stuff too, if you want to change your body. And there's that side too. And I know like, you know, a lot of people might be mums and they might have a lot of kids and like, I get that. So you can just do like, you know, a little bit at home or whatever, but that's, that's all good for one purpose. Like we said, that's all good for like, you know, movement and longevity and staying active. Like those all have other benefits, but if you really want to get stronger and you really want to change your body, you can't just do gentle movement all the time. You have to push at the right time and place, lift heavier, do harder movements, do harder variations. And it's hard, like it's hard work. And yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people don't, don't deal with that. I guess that toughness and that pain that comes with it, the good pain, not like bad pain, but, and then, you know, the, the feeling of soreness after and all that. And these things are part of the process of getting stronger and building muscle. And, you know, you can do hard things. I think that's also important to remember when you're starting your journey of training. Yeah, that's so important. I say that a lot. I tell my women a lot that you can train hard. Women can train hard. We just need to learn to do it in a respectful way. And it depends what season we are in life. So, you know, if we, if we aren't nourished and we haven't built that foundation, you know, we may need to come back to like our movement patterns and building stability and doing a lot of body weight work. Uh, And then, you know, if you, if you've, if you've done the work on building your foundation and you're in this like next phase, some of my women have been with me for years now. And now they're in this phase of like, make it harder, push, like push hard. You've done the work Mm -hmm. to build your foundation. The body is safe. The body is ready. Uh, You know, you're, you're, you're not injured. You have a really good base. And so now we need to train hard. And I think this is what a lot of women mm-hmm. again, haven't been taught to do when we're talking about this top, top end, like strength training, getting yeah. strong is really fucking hard. It's so hard. We have to yes, work really hard. Um, and yeah. I think we just, we need a bit of help. Women need a bit of help learning how to do that, that it's okay. It's okay to push um, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. okay to add more weight and, and, you know, do more volume and push harder. I think mm-hmm. where we're lost is like, we've been like pushing harder and harder and not listening to our body on no foundation. Yeah. Whereas what Lib and I are talking about is no push hard, push hard, but yeah. nourish the body, recover, listen to it, track but keep push hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know I was going to say it's a different kind of hard. And I feel like that whole fear of the fear of the hard often stems from someone who had a background of not listening to their body and pushing hard in all the wrong ways with not enough food, with not enough nutrition, not enough nourishment, too much going too crazy. And so now they realize, okay, we've healed. We want to get back into actually getting results, but they have that same fear or that scarcity like you said it's like my body can only handle so much that's the scarcity mindset like you can handle a lot as long as you are doing all the right things like this is why people get they go crazy when they see me sprinting or something I'm like whoever told you that it was bad like we it's not right or wrong or good or bad it's and it's just this black or white thing it pisses me off yeah (laughs) always on Instagram I'm like it's not black or white because they'll say they'll take one thing that I'm doing or something and I'm like but my body can handle it. Like it's, it's fine. I'm fine. We don't need scarcity with this as well. Like you can do hard things. You can handle things. And I get like, there's not doing it to the extreme and there's balancing it out with all the other things, but I eat well, I take care of myself. Like, you know, 
So I can sprint if I need to sprint. I can go for a 5K run and I'm fine. And I could do these things and, I, and they're probably actually good for me because it's giving my body different variety types of training. And I don't agree that we should only strength train heavy lifting with weights either. I'm, I mean, that's probably my CrossFit background talking, but, you know, unknown and unknowable, as they say, are you prepared? Can you run away from something? Can you lift that heavy thing? Can you squat on one leg if you had to? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's more to it than just, and yeah, it's not right or wrong, good or bad. It's not, oh, she sprints, so therefore she's not pro-metabolic supportive because she <laughs> does sprinting as well. You know what I mean? But it's Yeah, like Libby, how dare crazy. you? How dare you go so for a run? <laughs> so I think that it's like you said it's different types of hard that we need to realize there's good hard and bad hard (laughs) yeah um okay well we're gonna I reckon we'll we'll finish our our progression progress conversation here but I really want you to um, you have something exciting that you've been brewing for a while now. Can you tell us about it? Yes, sure. So I have actually redone my one-on-one program. Um, and it is, it's actually called the G flux physique formula. So G flux stands for energy flux. So it's what I'm, what my goal is, is basically helping women. It's for women again, um, helping them to increase their energy input and output. So basically that's the uh, fast metabolism. We're taking a lot in and we're burning a lot as well through like our muscle and everything. So it's, that's energy flux, G flux. So it's basically all about that. So it's body composition, building muscle, it's personalized training, personalized macros, personalized nutrition. Um, and yeah, it's, I would say it's for the woman who um, wants to, wants to optimize so it's not necessarily a healing um, program I think there's plenty of those out there but I I like to always say you know healing your body bringing it back to baseline is not the same as optimizing if you're want if you want to optimize you need to get to baseline first and then you can optimize so once you've optimized and healed, of course, you know, everyone will have, you know, things they still need to work on. But when you're pretty much optimal as far as metabolism and you're at baseline, then we can optimize. And my program is geared towards you're ready to optimize. So it's optimizing your physique, optimizing your muscle, optimizing, you know, your tracking and your macros and, you know, really narrowing things down and actually reaching those body composition goals that you might have. Um, yeah, so I like to divide it a little bit so that it's because there's a lot of people that are obviously still in that healing phase, which there's some coaches out there for that. Um, mine is more geared towards once you hit baseline, you're now ready to optimize. I love it. And I love the title. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spent a long time on that title, but I was happy. When I finally yeah. came together. It's, um, I love it. I love the the story and the concept behind it. I think it's it's really cool. This like energy in, energy out optimization. Yeah, it's it's um yeah. Me- it actually sort of was inspired by there's normally you have like what we're talking about with these women who they eat too little and they train too much. So they have poor energy in, they have very little energy in and they have too much energy out. And then you have the opposite extreme where it's that standard American diet or Australian diet, whatever you want to call it. And it's 
way too much energy in, not even remotely enough energy out. Um, this is basically finding the best of both worlds. So trying to help you optimize your energy in, but then we need to use that because I see a lot of people just focusing only on optimizing their energy in. And obviously that will get stored as body fat and you know, too much, you'll become too sedentary and all that. So we do need to optimize the energy out as well. So finding that balance is both. Yeah. It's a beautiful, a beautiful marriage, a beautiful dance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I often say like, I love food. I love to eat. I want to eat as much as I Same. possibly <laughs> can. Yeah. But I balance that yeah. out with training really hard. Um, yeah. So I train really hard. Yeah. I have a lot of muscle mass on me like you Lib, but that means I get to eat as much as I want. Like, well, not as much, mm-hmm. obviously, like mm-hmm. I, I eat into, pretty much. So, yeah, but pretty much. I get to eat as much yeah. as I want yeah. because like I, yeah, we've, we, And I love that. It's such a cool um, visual for me and for women, because if you think of like, you know, Lib and what she can do in her training and and me and like other women out, like that's, that's what we've done. We've just like got to this, Mm -hmm. we've got to baseline and then we're in this like energy optimization space where we get to eat pretty much whatever we want. (laughs) Uh, And we train we just train really hard and we, and we have and it's giving us the energy to train hard as well because yes. we're eating so much. So it's this beautiful cycle. I'm so excited for you. And I'm so excited for all the women that you're going to help um, that are in this place Thank now you. that they've done this foundational work. And they're so, mm-hmm. I don't want to bring it back to these words of like curious and they, they want to mm-hmm. like loving training and being yeah, really yeah. interested in it. Like, I feel yeah. like these are the women that you like want to work with the, to help optimize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> it's Lib- exciting. Yeah. When's it, when's it um, open? When's it launching? So I would say two weeks from today. So we're thinking like towards the end of March. Um, I don't know if you're, this might be out by then, but I can send you the link for um, if it's ready by then. Otherwise probably really, really soon. (laughs) No, I always, yeah. I always try and put um, a podcast out if you have something coming out. So if you have a launch of something, I always like to try and marriage it with, with the launch. And so, (laughs) yeah, send me the link and then. Okay. In two weeks, we're going to hold Libby to that. We better see it birthed into it's this great. world. I know, it's good. <laughs> it's good to have these little like, you know, deadlines. <laughs> I yeah. need deadlines. <laughs> yeah, deadlines are good. Gives us discipline. Um, a whole other mm-hmm. topic for another, uh, yeah, another That's podcast. <laughs> Libby, Libby, I'm so grateful for you, for the work <laughs> that you, you so do. Much. And for our conversation today, I think, I think it's going to be really helpful for women. Mm, Yeah. Thank you for having me. I think so as well. I mean, we both have had the same type of experiences with women not getting results. So it's a common theme. Yeah. And we've had similar experiences, you know, in my own story. Yes. Spending too much time in the middle and Mm, not learning how to train low and train high. And I think if that, to me, that's the biggest takeaway, one of the biggest takeaways out of today. You know, if you can really look at your training and and ask yourself, why am I not progressing? Is it because you're just in the middle um, and you've been in the middle for Mm -hmm. years or decades? And, and what do you need to do to get out of that, uh, to get out of the middle? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, because if what if what you're doing isn't working, then you've got to change something. That's what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Libby, I'm gonna let you go. And thank you. Thank, thank you so much. much.
Warrior Woman, you can listen to these episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give it love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, tag me in it on Instagram with your biggest takeaway.